What's up, Gator Nation? Welcome into the latest Gators Online podcast. Zach Albaverde coming to you live from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. And we've got a lot to get into on today's show. It's been two weeks since we had an episode. So the last time that you guys saw us, it was before Friday Night Lights. It was for this avalanche of commitments that we saw for UF recruiting and before the start of fall training camp for the Florida football team as they prepare for the 2022 season. So a lot going on in Gainesville right now and other places as well, as you guys have seen by now. I am not joined by my co-host this week, uh, Nick Del Torre. He is away on vacation, but also busy uh, proposing to his significant other, and congrats to uh, him and Lauren on their engagement this week for all the uh, folks that got to see that on his social media. Um, definitely an exciting and important week for him, so uh, let him get away this week. I got away last week, and, and then we're going to kick things off uh, and be back together next week as uh, we got a lot to discuss with Florida football and Florida recruiting as well. We will have a guest on today's show to discuss all the events that have happened with recruiting in the past week. We'll be joined by West Orange defensive backs coach Chris Mitchell, who is also the founder of the 7-on-7 team 24K. And he, on that team, has a pair of new Florida commits and Aiden Mizell and Jordan Castell. Now, Jordan also plays for him uh, at West Orange. So we'll get his impressions on those two new commits uh, for the Gators, as well as Mitchell's impressions of Friday Night Lights as he was on hand for that event. And he actually put out a tweet this week that was a uh, quite the ringing endorsement for Billy Napier and, and kind of what he's seen from him since he took over the Florida football program. So we'll get kind of his perspective on all those things and obviously talk some Florida recruiting with him in the next segment. But we got to start Florida football, right? Um, such an exciting time of year. I know this is something that fans have been looking forward to, and I would encourage all those out there listening, if you are not subscribed to Gators Online, now is obviously the time to do it with football season right around the corner, train, training camp happening. We're having a flash sale at Gators Online this week where you can get the entire year of premium access for just $10, or if you just want to try it out, you've never subscribed before, you can do a month for just $1. So this is only going to be around for this week, this promotion offer, so make sure you guys jump on it. Um, we've already put out our first Intel report from the opening practice of fall camp that happened Wednesday. A lot of great nuggets in there for you guys to check out, and we'll get into some of those uh, right here in this segment. But first of all, before... We got into practice. We had uh, the first media availability of fall camp where we got to hear not only from Coach Billy Napier, but a lot of his assistant coaches, a few players as well, just on what they've been doing this summer to get ready for this season. It was great to visit with Mark Hockey, uh, the strength coach, about the regimen phase and kind of everything that they've been doing this past two months. And, you know, he had a great quote on Tuesday, probably the quote of the day, uh, which was that you can't train gladiators pillow fighting. And I wrote a feature about that on uh, Gators Online, just kind of about what he's seen from this team through summer workouts and, and his perspective on how the players kind of handled those and, and also some of the things that they did with the regimen phase where they kind of created a, a competition and they kind of pitted the players against each other, split them up in teams. And it was just uh, kind of another layer uh, for these guys to, to, to kind of get ready for the season. And um, I think that is led obviously into practice this week. Um, we got to hear from both of the coordinators about 
where they're at in terms of implementing their scheme, some of the installs that are still left uh, for training camp this week. Uh, you know, we talked to Patrick uh, Tony about his creeper position and his defensive scheme, uh, some of his third down philosophies. Uh, definitely in encourage you guys to go check out that story. And we heard from Rob Sale as well, the offensive coordinator, uh, kind of breaking down his scheme and what uh, the Gators want to do this year offensively. We all know that it starts with Anthony Richardson at quarterback and as expected, when the Gators took the field on Wednesday, he was out there leading the team as, as QB1. Um, from my eyes, you know, really, really looked sharp throwing the football. That was something that I had noticed in the spring is his improved throwing motion. We talked to Denny Thompson, his trainer, about some of the work that he's done on that front. And it looks, as Denny said it would, it looks even better than it did in the orange and blue game. Um, he has really continued to refine his throwing motion and just be, you know, a lot more, uh, I think, efficient with his delivery. And, and, and I mean, he's got zip on those throws as well. Uh, we only got to see, you know, a 15-minute period of practice, but um, AR looked very sharp. And I, I think outside of him, all eyes from the media members and the fans Ron Ricky Pierce, all the Arizona State transfer wide receiver out there wearing number one and for good reason. I mean, you could tell that this guy is going to be one of the most explosive players that the Gators have on offense. Um, just watching him in his route running, um, he was very impressive with his footwork, um, very fluid coming out of his breaks. Um, he did have a, a little bit of a injury scare at the end of the viewing period, uh, but it was just that. It was just a scare. It wasn't anything serious. He was able to get back into practice uh, without issue. So we will speak to Billy Napier on Friday to get his uh, impression of how the first few practices have gone, what he's seen from Pearsall, and also some of the newcomers as well. A lot of freshmen that we got to see for the first time on Wednesday. The Gators had three early enrollees, but now the rest of their their class has reported to campus. So uh, our first time laying eyes on some of those guys, um, you know, one of the guys that I spent some time watching was Jack Pyburn uh, at outside linebacker. And it's cool to see uh, him with that number 44 jersey, uh, some shades of, of James Bates there. Um, and, and he's really filled out as well. I mean, we, we kind of heard as him being a late addition to the class and, and, and learning about his story, the work ethic that this guy has and, and, and his dad being a Marine and kind of how that's affected him growing up. You can tell that this guy is absolutely put together um, and, and just has, is able to come in there and give the Gators even more depth at that Jack position. Um, Brenton Cox Jr. was probably one of the most impressive looking players that, that I saw on Wednesday. Um, and as good as he looked, Lloyd Summerall the third looked even better. Um, that guy at six foot five is an absolute grown man. I can still remember him when he committed to Florida and first arrived on campus. Um, and just this skinny frame that has since completely filled out. Um, and, and he looks like a guy uh, that really made some gains during the offseason in, in hockey's program. Uh, another guy as well, Jervon Dexter, who was uh, the player that kicked off media day on, on uh, Tuesday and revealed that he's actually going to be playing more defensive end in this scheme. Um, and in order to do that, he has slimmed down and um, you know really put in some work with his nutrition this offseason to kind of be at the weight that they wanted him. He looked really impressive uh, kind of going through practice. I thought Justice Boone uh, rocking his new number 12. 
he he's a guy that it looks like he bulked up as well. Um, so you you kind of go out there in that first practice and and you're looking for some guys uh, to jump out. Uh, at you in in terms of guys that were some of the biggest gainers or maybe biggest losers um, in terms of weight in, in the offseason. Also, the first time to kind of get um, an idea of where things are at from the injury standpoint. And for the Gators, fortunately, they only had three guys outside of the quarterback position in non-contact jersey. And that's now a black jersey instead of an orange jersey. But um, just three guys outside of the quarterback spot. And one of those, Jonathan Odom, was still going through practice. So that is a very encouraging sign, knock on wood, that the Gators were able to go through all their summer workouts and conditioning and, and be able to start camp really with just you know two guys down. Uh, one of them is a starter uh, in Richard Garage, but he's expected to start practicing later this week, so he's not out for a serious injury or anything like that. So um, the Gators are able to start camp very healthy. And obviously a lot of question marks for this team, uh, you know, heading into this year, but also a lot of things that, that there is to like about this roster and this personnel. Um, you know, this week there was a, a topic on uh, College Football Live where the Gators got brought up. And one of their analysts, uh, you know, Rod Gilmore, made a comment that basically said that he thought that Florida is has a chance to be way better than people expect. And his reasoning behind that was Anthony Richardson taking over at quarterback, being kind of a difference maker there at that position, which is the most important on the field. And also the Gators on the defensive side, um, you know, we know some of their struggles with their former coordinator and that scheme but they still returned seven starters on defense. So they, they got some guys back with experience, um, new scheme, new coaches, new energy, um, just a fresh start. Um, we don't know what that could do for some of these players on defense, even some guys that maybe have struggled um, or that did struggle in Todd Grantham's scheme um, to have maybe be put in a position now where they're, they're, they're in better suited, kind of better fit and better for their skill set. That That's to be seen, but – there's a lot of veterans coming back. Um, there is some question marks, obviously, at receiver, some of the depth there, and that's the reason why Pearsall was was brought in. But, um, you know, the Gators lost some key pieces on offense, but during that College Football Live segment, um, it, was, it was mentioned that that's, I think, one of the things that maybe um, folks and college football analysts are down about the Gators is everything that's been lost on the offensive side of the ball, not just – um, some starters, but just that whole scheme that Dan Mullen had had there and, and obviously what he was running offensively, just the newness there uh, and all the changes and moving parts, I think has some people maybe hesitant a little bit about what the Gators could do offensively. Personally, I look at where the personnel is at and the changes that have been made to the starting lineup. I see a lot of upgrades. Um to me, I mean, you lose Damian Pierce. That is a huge loss. That was the heart and soul of that offense, despite um, him not getting the carries that he should have gotten last season. Um, so you lose him. That, that that's 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 a tough loss, but not tough in terms of the options that you have and the talent that you have at running back to replace him. Um, there's there's going to be no shortage of weapons there. Um, so I think that Billy's going to obviously have the backs uh, and the depth that he wants uh, for his rushing offense. Now you go to some of the other pieces uh, that have been replaced. I think you're looking at upgrades at quarterback. 
going from Emory Jones to Anthony Richardson, as Rod Gilmore said. I think you're looking at upgrades, obviously adding Ricky Pearsall to the slot. We talked about kind of the explosiveness that he brings to that position. You're also looking at upgrades at right guard by adding Osiris Torrance, who's you know been getting all kind of preseason accolades heading into this year. Um, and honestly, you know potentially you you got a upgrade at, at right tackle with Michael Tarquin taking over for Gene Delance. Um, we heard from Rob Sale this week, and he basically singled out Tarquin as. I would call it his favorite lineman. Uh, kind of says that he points to him as the example, the example for the freshmen and some of the younger linemen to look at and follow. And um, basically said if he could have you know twenty Michael Tarquins make up his offensive line, he would be set. So that was really, I think, encouraging to see uh, Sale say that about Tarquin. Um, you know, a guy that you know, received the the Werfel Man of the Month as well. Uh, I think it's kind of indicative of how he stepped up as a leader. He was one of those guys that were named as as one of the 18-team uh, captains for the regiment phase. Um, you know, and I, and I don't really think that that was necessarily expected. I mean, I you look at Kingsley Egocon and, and Richard Garage, um, kind of obvious that those guys are going to be some of the team leaders. But for Tarquin to step up the way that he has and for Sale to praise him in the way that he did um, – Lends me to believe that there could potentially be somewhat of an upgrade there or, or at least not a drop-off. And I think that considering that and how key some of those positions are, you're talking about the slot, you're talking about some pieces on the offensive line, and obviously your quarterback, you know, the one uh, spot where I think you can't say for certain that there's going to be an upgrade is that tight end where you lose Kamori Gamble, who had a very productive season last year. But kind of like at the running back spot, there's a lot of options there that Florida has and a lot of talent as well. And I think that being able to kind of find their answer in the spring with Dante Zanders, have Keon Zipper there as well, uh, and now get Nick Elkson's back, who I think is going to be able to push for playing time, along with Jonathan Odom. They, they added a couple of freshmen as well. I mean, they got six tight ends on the roster. So um, I think personnel-wise, there's a lot to like about Florida offensively. Now they got to put it all together. They got to you know, get used to this new offense and learn this playbook. Um, but that's what fall fall training camp is for. Obviously, on the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot of position battles to be had. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the defensive line shakes out with Dexter, uh, you know, expected to play more in this season. I think a lot of people are looking and counting on Desmond Watson to be a guy that, that offers – more playing time at the defensive tackle position, seeing him on, um, you know, the viewing period that we saw on Wednesday, you know, it doesn't look like he's gotten a lot of his weight down and, and he still, you know, needs to work on his stamina. So that's what, that's going to be critical in camp that, that he spends these next three weeks getting in shape and getting himself ready so that he can play meaningful snaps for Florida, especially if they're going to have Dexter out there um, at end. Obviously, the Gators know what they have at outside linebacker with Cox and inside linebacker with Miller and Bernie. I think having more of those other guys step up and giving them some different options, um, some different packages that they can put on the field um, and allow Tony to be creative with that creeper role in his defense and some of the unknown blitzes that he's going to send. I think we expect, um, obviously, some guys that are going to start in the secondary like Rashad Torrance, like Jason Marshall, Trey Dean. Um, 
you know, the nugget that I had in my Intel report from the first practice is Devin Moore, true freshman, getting some first team reps with the starting defense. Now that was just, you know, the beginning of practice. Um, so, you know, don't, don't know how much PT that he got there, but I think that's indicative of, of what the staff thinks of him. Tony said on Tuesday that Devin Moore will be a factor in their secondary. And I think the fact that he was out there lined up opposite Jason Marshall to start camp speaks to that. So, um, and it's also uh, speaks to the fact that this staff is, is not afraid to play freshman. Um, and I actually had somebody ask me about that a couple weeks ago on my mailbag. And you, know, you look at Billy Napier's history at Louisiana and some of the coaches that were with him, it would indicate that they are not afraid to, to play freshman and, and Montreal Johnson being one of those most recent examples. So um, a lot to follow in training camp. It's fun to be back on the grass. It's fun to just have football back. Um, a, a lot of content, a lot of videos and stuff that's coming out from practice. So definitely encourage everybody to subscribe to Gators Online if you haven't. Take advantage of the flash sale. We're going to jump to this first break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to shift gears uh, from our fall camp preview and, and kind of get into a summer recruiting rerun and, more importantly, a recap of Friday Night Lights with Chris, Chris Mitchell, uh, the defensive backs coach at Wedge Orange High School. We're going to talk to him about Jordan Castell and Aiden Mizell when we come back from this first break. You're listening to the Gators Online Podcast, live from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Uh, hi there, this is Steve Spurrier, sometimes called the head ball coach, and I'm here with my wife, Jerry, and our good friend, Sherry Houston, who's the executive director of the Ronald McDonald House Charities of North Central Florida. And we're thrilled to announce that the one-year anniversary of our restaurant, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, is coming up August 11th. We'll be celebrating with a special dinner and celebration that will include the chef's choice spread of the year of all of your Spurrier favorites including the filet mignon carving station and our famous chocolate chip cookies with proceeds being donated to the local ronald mcdonald house charities we're thrilled to partner with coach jerry and the spurrier gridiron grill team to raise funds for the ronald mcdonald house benefiting children and families experiencing medical emergencies Spurrier's Gridiron Grill will be donating 11% of all of our food money and 66% of our drink money to the Ronald McDonald House. Go to Spurrier's.com right now and reserve your ticket before they sell out. We'll have wonderful food, special guests, and limited edition one-year anniversary gold collector's coin, as well as prizes like a dinner with Jerry and me. We couldn't have become one of the busiest and most successful restaurants in the South without you, our customers. So we want to celebrate with the most important members of our team, and that is you. I want to celebrate with some of those cookies. Do you have any of those? I do, right here. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. We are now joined by our guest this week, West Orange defensive backs coach, Chris Mitchell. Actually, hold on. I got I to gotta include the, the team, too. Hold on. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. We are now joined by our guest of the week, West Orange defensive backs coach and founder of 24K 7-on-7 team, Chris Mitchell. Chris, thanks for joining us, man. Hey. Hey, man, thanks for having me on, man. 
Absolutely, man. Absolutely. This was a uh, a busy week for the Gators on the recruiting front, man. And and you were right there in the thick of it. Um, Friday night lights happened, some decisions happened, uh, and a lot of guys that you work really closely with. So we'll get into all that today. Um, but but first, man, b- before we get into that, just let our, our listeners know just a little bit about yourself and um, kind of you know what you do in football and, and some of the work that you've been doing in the state. Well, I mean, my name is Chris Mitchell. I'm defensive back currently at West Orange High School. Um, been coaching now in high school ranks for the last 10 years. I uh, had stints at Oak Ridge High School, Winter Park, and then now I'm here at West Orange. Um, I also am the founder of 24K 7-on-7. And, uh, you know, it's an elite group of kids. Um, you know, I work with a bunch of DB coaches here around the area. I mean, DBs are just kind of like the specialty as far as what I, you know, what I'm around and who I'm really, you know, with most of the majority of the time. Um, sure. But, you know, um, that's, you know, just a little bit about myself. Um, uh, however, you know, uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, exactly and get into, you know, what, what these topics, man, on, you know, on some of these guys. And uh, yeah, you know, answer for whatever sure. questions you got for me. And and, and obviously too at, at West Orange, um, that's where uh, new Gator safety commit Jordan Castell attends high school, and also mm-hmm. new Gators wide receiver commit Aiden Mizell. He plays on your seven on seven team with Jordan, so you have an opportunity to to, to work with both of those guys. Um, mm-hmm. Let's start with with Jordan first, man. When when did you first meet him? Uh, get an opportunity to start working with him, and what's that relationship been like? Well, um, I mean, I've, I've known Jordan since his freshman year. I actually coached uh, his older brother at, at Winter Park High School. That's kind of how I found out about him. Uh, you know, and as a freshman, you know, I found out, you know, he had an offer from Florida State, you know, as a freshman in high school, you know, which is pretty big offer, you know, at the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, a couple of years, you know, fast forward a couple of years. Last year was my first year here at West Orange. And, uh, you know, one of the things uh, Coach Granado at the time, who was the head coach, you know, I known him for a few years. You know, we uh, we coached an all star game together and our relationship just kind of blossomed at that point. And, you know, he brought me on staff. And, you know, he's like, hey, man, I got a special secondary, man. Don't don't crash the Ferrari. You know, so, so I was <laughs> like, hey, I was like, you know, you don't have to worry about that, man. I was like, look, they're in good hands. Um, but last year when I was able to work with Jordan, um, you know, one thing that is going to automatically stick out is the kid's got incredible size. You know, uh, he's 6'1", 6'2". You know, and he ranges anywhere between 190 and, you know, 200 pounds, you know, which is pretty solid, you know, for a kid, you know, at this yeah. high school level to play defensive back. You know, I mean, it's, it's great size already. He's already, you know, he doesn't really have to gain too much weight once he gets to college, you know. Um, but, you know, other things that stand out is the kid loves football. You know what I mean? He loves football. He loves the work. And when you see a big kid, you know, a human being of that stature, you know, you see him move around so fluid and so effortless, you know, it's just one of those things that wow you. And it wows me on an everyday basis, you know, because every time I see him run around, I'm just like, Jesus, this human being is really that big and he's that fast. And, you know, he's, he's humble. You know, he's a humble. He's a good he's a good kid. And, uh, you know, he like I said, he really loves the game of football. You know, he's got elite athletic ability. And, you know, it's just it's it's been a pleasure coaching him ever since, you know, and as well as for my seven on seven team, I have an elite group of kids that I have on my seven on seven team. And, um, 
you know, Jordan is every bit of what that word elite means, you know, uh, watching him play. I put him in multiple positions just because I know that, you know, he's not going to be limited once he gets to college. You know, they're not going to just stick him in one place. I think that he's going to play multiple spots when he gets there. You know, he has the ability. He has the ability to play outside corner. He's got the ability to play nickel and he really has a real good ability to play safety. You know, um, right now for us at West Orange High School, at least the past three years, he's played corner primarily. And to me, it's going to be an easier transition for him to play safety because he can cover guys. You know, I mean, anytime you got a big guy like that that can cover guys, it makes you feel real safe, you know, at that safety position because, you know, you can go man coverage and you're not worried about him being in the game and having to pull him out to put another, you know, corner type body in there when, I mean, he is a corner, you know what I mean? But he's just having yeah. to be, have the size of a safety, you know? <laughs> uh, but, you know, those are some of the things that, I mean, that I can sit here and go on and on about, about that kid. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much, that's pretty much that's a good start. I think what I got to say and, about him. And, and, and then his recruitment, obviously you mentioned it kind of took off from when he was a freshman. Um, he had basically his pick of the litter when it came to, to offers. Um, what was it like, uh, to see him go through his recruiting process, how much did he lean on you for advice? Um, and how do you feel like he ultimately came to the decision to commit to Florida? And what did they do um, that it just seemed like they pressed all the right buttons with him? I mean, well, his recruiting process, to man, to be honest, like I want to say the the beginning of last year, that's when his offers really started to roll in. I mean, his offer sheet really started to get extensive. I mean, Bama came in, UM came in, Ohio State, you know, I can go, whatever, you know, there's a bunch of offers out there, Arkansas, Mississippi State, you yeah. know, a bunch of these guys came in and they, they seen this, you know, this human being that large, and, you know, they seen him running around. It's like, <laughs> it's impressive. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I said, he's fluid. I mean, you don't see the smaller guys, they, they can't move like him. And I mean, sure. he's really, he's, he's a physical kid, you know, and, um, but you know, his recruitment, it really took off and it blossomed, you know, his film speaks volumes. It speaks for itself. Um, I believe in high school in the past three years, he hasn't given up a touchdown since he started at West Orange high school, you know, wow. and that's a long time, you know, that's 30 games, 30 plus actually, cause we went three rounds deep the past two years. So, you know, I mean, that's a lot of, and, a lot and, of and you know, some guys want to test them. Oh yeah, they, yeah, they want to, but when they see that, when they see that big thing over there, man, it's, it's hard to sit there and try to contest them every time, unless you really got a guy that you feel like you can match up with them. And, uh, you know, I mean, I know he's going to get his fair share of work this year, which is good. You know, uh, he's going to have more opportunities. But um, his recruitment, man, I mean, guys were coming at him hard. I know Arkansas recruited him extremely hard. I know uh, Bama came into the fold. He went up there, took a visit. You know, anytime you get an offer from Alabama, man, it's, you know, it's like, come on, man, it's Bama. This is Nick Saban we're talking about, you know, a guy who's, annually putting out dbs you know on a yearly basis he's putting out dbs into the first round second round you know just getting drafted all over the place the development of those guys you know i think that you know it spoke volumes when he got that offer he went up there he took a visit you know it, it was good um you know also tennessee and they were recruiting him hard you know they they really wanted that commitment um but florida man i mean i i spoke to a few people and the rate at, that they're recruiting right now and the way they do it 
you know, uh, Katie Turner, man. I mean, she's second to nobody. Her energy is infectious. You know what I mean? Like I, I said, I think I posted something like her charm is to die for and all of that stuff. You know, she's she's hands on. She's, you know, very vocal and she's very, very, very in tune with Gator Nation. It's just it's it's a real good, cool thing to see. Um, but going down the line, you got Patrick Tony, Corey Raymond. These are two guys that to me. From the developmental standpoint, you know, to make Jordan the player that he wants to be, I think it just stood out. Corey Raymond has a resume that it's not, it's really unmatched, if you ask me. You know, I mean, I've been mm-hmm. watching this game a while, been around some high profile guys. And, you know, Corey Raymond really, really does a great job of developing these guys. Uh, Jordan took a few visits up there. He worked out multiple times, you know, for them. And every can, time can you touch back, on that. Can you touch on that real quick? Because sometimes players are like weird about whether they're going to work out for coaching staffs. What went to his decision? You said he did it multiple times, so he clearly wasn't multiple. scared to do it. And I'm going to be the first to say it. I was a coach and I said, Jordan, why do you keep going up there to go work out? You know, I was like asking, man, like I said before, he loves the game. He loves to work out. He loves to put that on display for you. And he will. So, you know, when it comes to like any kind of combine setting, man, he can go out there and wow you. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. I think the key, uh, we had an Under Armour camp here at West Orange High School. And literally, you watch him backpedal a few times and you're like, oh my God. Like, and, and there's a bunch of guys there with big names, you know? So it's not like it sure. was, you know, it was crazy. You just w- watch him. That's all you have to do is just you take a few looks and you're like, yeah, that's the one, you know? Um, but like I said, man, I mean, Corey Raymond and Patrick Tony, man, they did a phenomenal job of recruiting them. Um, Friday night lights came uh, the other night. You know, I went out there and like the atmosphere, you know, I got there just in time. I didn't I wasn't at the indoor facility watching them go through Indy. I got there to the main course meal. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they go out, you there showed up when it was right. I, show, I showed up at the right time, man. Ben Hill Griffin Stadium one on ones. You know, that's I feel like that's, you know, to me, that's. That's like the funnest thing I, that I ever get to watch, you know, when it comes to that stuff, because the competition piece, you know what yep. I mean? Like that, that, that piece, that element. And when you see guys that go out there and just compete, it's always a good time. But man, after Friday Night Lights, you know, I spoke with Pete Tony a little bit, you know, just to talk because, you know, I mean, I'm a coach, man. And I mean, at time, I'm, I'm a father, you know, I'm a protector at, at certain points. So, you know, sometimes when you talk to coaches, you know, you can hear fake, you can hear fake love you can hear real love i think you can feel you can feel genuine vibes and that's what i got from p tony you know what i mean like me and him sat there and talked and to hear him gloat about jordan and really say some real positive things and sounded like he just wants him there now you know what i mean like that type of deal like it was i was just you know i was kind of blown away you know we talked about some of the schematic stuff that they do and it like what we do here at West Orange is going to benefit him because he'll be able to go over there and transition to what they do, sure. you know, as far as the schematics go with what they do um in their secondary. And, you know, I, I was just I was blown away. You know, I talked with Coach Raymond, man. I mean, every time them guys talk about Jordan, it's like, man, listen, I know we're recruiting him as safety, but hell, I'm not too sure. I'm not, He's like, look, I'm pretty sure he can come out here and play corner, too. You know, he's real great with his hands. You know, he moves well, like. So, you know, I mean, he's got he's got a unique ability, but that's genetically given to him, you know, and, and, his, yeah. and his love for the game, I think, is just something that really separates him. The kid really, really loves football. And it's the same it's the same thing that Pete Tony said. He said, listen, when we asked him to come up here and come work out again for the second time and he was just like, yeah, I'm coming. Pete Tony was like, 
I need guys like that. He's like, mm -hmm. the kid is just not scared to come and do what we're asking him to do in front of people. And he doesn't work. He doesn't mind. Like he likes to do it. And that's the, and that's the, the kind of confidence that that kid goes about, you know, and I think it separates them, but ultimately Florida, man, they want him over. You know what I mean? They want him over Corey Raymond, P Tony, they want him over, man. P Tony's probably one of the smartest guys I've talked to, you know, um, you know, as far as like the just defensive stuff that he wants to do, that he wants to run with the personnel. And, you know, it's, that, it's just something to say about what's happening right now in Gainesville. You know, Billy Napier came here, got appointed the head coach, and he brought a guy that he trusted. And it's just it's going to show, you know, just give him some time. It's going to show. I'm pretty sure he's going to put a product on the field that the Florida fans are going to love. Now, you, uh, you get to see quite the matchup during your seven-on-seven -seven practices, I imagine, when uh, Aiden Mizell lines up across from, from Jordan. Um, that's gotta be fun to see those guys go one-on-one. -on -one. Um, when's the first time that you met, uh, Mizell and, and how did he, you know, uh, team up with your seven on seven team? Well, I, so be honest, man. I mean, Mizell, well, we played Boone last year, you know, and, uh, it was one of the games that we had. I mean, that team, they had Ja'Cory Thomas who played, who actually played with me. That was the first year, the first inaugural year of my seven on seven team, you know, starting, and, you know, he played. So, you know, he was one of the guys that I met. You know, Aiden Mizell was just kind of coming on into his own, you know, during the year. Um, but I told you, man, we had a loaded secondary. Our D-line was disgusting. You know, I got a guy that's at North, that's at Northwestern. There's another gentleman, Eddie Kelly, that's at University of South Florida, who probably could have went anywhere he wanted to. You know, a freak athlete kid. I uh, got another guy that's at Wofford, and I got a guy that's returning this year who's currently getting some some heavy traffic in the recruiting game. So, I mean, we had a really solid team. So our defense matched a lot of guys' offenses. Yeah, you know, you, 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 can, you can see certain things. But Aiden, I met afterwards. And when Aiden came to us, you know, the one thing that I knew about Aiden was about his parents, and they ran track. You know, uh, <laughs> Kiwan Ratliff, you, I mean, you know already, that, that's my guy. You know, he was one of the guys that was telling me about, you know, about Aiden. He's like, man, hey, he's 6'2 and he's fast. Okay, cool. You can so, work with that. Yeah, yeah, I can work with that. You know what I mean? Anytime you, anytime you got that kind of length and you got that kind of speed, I mean, you can put that on display. It's easy to put that on display. And, um, you know, I think uh, – we we I, I reached out to him. We reached out to me and my OC, uh, Damon Jones, man. We reached out to him. You know, we invited him on, on the team because we didn't we didn't do a tryout for, for my team. You know, we just select guys because, you know, I don't want I'm not I'm not a phony guy. I don't want a bunch of people sure. paying money for a tryout or whatever the case is. Like so we just go about, you know, evaluating guys film, you know, over the course of the years. And when you see a guy has 47 catches for a thousand yards and 18 touchdowns, it's like, huh? So it's like every three catch, every three touches, you score a touchdown, basically, you know, in a sense. Yeah. So you cut the film on and you see it, you know. Um, but man, when Aiden came to us, man, listen, when I tell you the effect that that guy has on the defense is, is unmatched, man. I mean, cause when you get a kid that's a 10, five kid on paper, you know, it's, this is, this is documented material. You can look it up. You know, he run a 10, yeah. five, eight. Uh, and that was like the first time he ran a hundred, you know, me and his dad joked about it because he was thinking that he, he might've been faster than that. And I was like, Hey man, look, I can kind of see, like, I know what, you know, I know, I know what a 10, two looks like. I know, I kind of know what that stuff looks like. So you know, I told him, I was like, man, listen, Aiden probably could go out there right now and run a 10, six. He ran a 10, five, eight close enough. You know, I felt like I was yeah. pretty spot on, you know what I mean? Like in my, <laughs> in my judgment, you know, but man, watching him in tournaments against elite competition, man, he gets behind defenses easily. 
You know, um, we won the battle battle uh, New Orleans tournament, you know, which was the first uh, tournament that we won this year. And the kid took a five yard drag and turned it up for 40 and beat everybody's angles. So if that wasn't if that like if that if that doesn't do something or get you get you going, it's like, wow, when he ran past me, the wind blew past me. So I was like, yeah, son, you got you got you got some juice behind you, you know, so uh <laughs> I mean, and he, you know, he makes tough catches, man. He's not scared to go up there and get it. He's not scared to climb the ladder. The kid's got a 41 inch vertical. So that lets you know about his explosion. Wow. You know, so it speaks volumes, man. The kid's got a genetic gift, man. I mean, he's got that God given speed. He's got good hands and on film, you can watch him put his foot in the ground and kind of make defenders miss. And it's like, if you miss, by the time he gets a second foot in the ground, you don't have a chance anymore. And, you know, that kind of speed, when you're able to keep that kind of speed home, it's, it says, it, you know, it sets a precedent. You know, Urban Meyer did a great job of keeping speed home. And guess what? We won a lot of games. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Won yeah. a lot of games, did some great things. So, you know, Aiden Mizell is he gives you that effect. You know, maybe not like all of the wiggle and, the, you know, the, the real twitchiness, but, man, the long home run speed, just that ability to separate. And I think as a mm-hmm. receiver, you have to have the ability to separate. And he's got sure. that, you know what I mean? And he's going to be able to make those catches and, uh, you know, do some big things and have that crowd rocking. We're speaking with uh, West Orange defensive backs coach Chris Mitchell, also the founder of 24-7 or 24K7 on 17. Now, we mentioned, uh, you know, Mizell's skill set. I'm sure you maybe weren't as close to his recruitment maybe as Jordan's, you know, being at, at school with him, but mm-hmm. – um, what you know? What was your perspective on a- Aiden's recruitment and, and the options that he had? Obviously, I think a lot of people maybe looked at his parents and and maybe expected or assumed that he would always go to Florida. But he had a lot of offers. He took visits and really weighed his options before he came to a decision. Man, he did. Man, I mean, all during our seven on seven season. So that same battle tournament that I was telling you about, man, him and his mom flew in from New Orleans. Like from from one visit, they left New Orleans and went to Georgia like they were going everywhere. You know what I mean? So um, with Aiden's recruitment, man, I mean, me personally, I always was just thinking, man, listen, both your mom and dad ran track at Florida. Your mom is still heavily involved with Florida track. She absolutely loves Florida. She's a diehard fan. Um, I believe she went out to Oregon. When they had their uh they had a track meet out there, her and some of the yeah. some of the um you know ladies that she ran with, they all took a trip out there and went. So she's heavily involved with track. And you know, being that she I know she has that love for Florida. I mean, Aiden was getting recruited, he could have went anywhere, you know. What I mean, the kid yeah. could have went anywhere he wanted. Um, but I just feel like him growing up in that Florida household, and you know, his dad didn't care, you know, his dad really wasn't like you know, it didn't matter where he went, mom neither, but him staying home just made it easy for both of them. They both sure. donned the orange and they both donned the orange and blue. You know, they both, uh, you know, did athletic things at the University of Florida. It just made sense. You know what I mean? It just yeah. made sense. It felt right. It felt like home. Um, I believe the last coaching regime, though, they didn't really recruit Aiden, you know, at all. You know, for whatever reason. I mean, I just couldn't see why, but, you know, they didn't recruit him. And that, I mean, if that same staff was there, he wouldn't be at Florida, if you ask me. Um, mm. And when Billy Napier came, he understands the magnitude of keeping the kids here. 
And like I said, you got a kid that has 47 catches and 18 touchdowns. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of excitement to be had about that kid and that individual and what he can do and how he can impact the game. And, um, you know, they hats off to those guys. You know, you get a guy like um, Kerry Colbert, who, you know, in his time, even as a player, man, was a great route runner. And he looked at that skill set and said, man, I know I can mold that. You yeah. know what I mean? I can mold that into the player that I need him to be. And, you know, like I said, they recruited, man. They they do a great job of recruiting guys <laughs> right now. It's, I'm telling you, it's just, it's, it puts a smile on my face, man, because it's a good thing to see. You know, um, it's one of the most more approachable staffs that I've ever seen or even talked to, you know, uh, between Billy, Corey, P. Tony, uh, Jamar Chaney, man. That's my guy, man. Kiwan Ratliff introduced me to him back when his time there, you know, before Jamar went back to Mississippi State for a year. Um, you know, and, you know, he, man, they treat me like family, you know what I mean? So it just feels good, yeah. you know, at, at the same time. And, uh, you know, that's just the kind of that's the kind of love that they're spreading right now. And it's good. It's real good energy. It's real good vibes out of that group. And you mentioned the um, the, the tweet that you sent out uh, about Katie. I'm going to read that. And you also sent out a tweet about Billy just kind of sharing your experience that you had with the staff uh, at Friday Night Lights and, and at the, the cookout. Um, your tweet with, with Katie Turner and the picture you all took, you said the one who is the life of the recruiting uh, party crazy energy at the barbecue um you know you said you're glad that you could be there and then your tweet that you sent out about billy um like i mentioned a, a real ringing endorsement um your, your tweet read man i can't say enough good things about this guy i love the message he is sending he understands how to build a championship brand the future is bright in gainesville the whole coaching staff as well as the people in the football department are stand-up genuine people uh Chris, what made you, you know, want to go out of your way to to acknowledge mm -hmm. these guys and make that statement on social media? And that's how they made me feel when I was there. You know, uh, you know, like I said, when you see it, uh, you know, I got a bunch of guys that I played seven on seven against. You know, the Sharif Densons of the world. You know, Cormani McClain was in attendance. Uh, Dejon Johnson was in attendance. You know, these are all guys that you know my team was lined that lined up against those guys, and you know we faced yeah. off against them. So you know we have a relationship. You know, uh, you know, and some day, trash talking. I, yeah, it's, it's some trash talking. But you know, I mean, not not too long ago, uh, Cormani McClain was a kid that I seen at a tryout, and I I stood him up in front of a group of people, and this is when he was still trying to be a wide receiver. You know, uh, I, I was like, son. If you started backpedaling, I'm pretty sure you're going to be a first round draft pick. You know what I mean? If you really bought into that. And I stood him up in front of a bunch of gr a group of people, man, like all those kids that were out there. And I said in front of all of them because that's what I meant. But, you know, it, just a long story short, man, Billy, like when I talked to him, you know, uh, you know, he was just telling like he's got a plan. You know what I mean? He's got a plan. You know, he's implementing his plan. They're in their phases right now. And, you know, the team is buying in. You know, and that's the thing. That's the thing about it. I mean, any successful program, there's a, there has to be buy in. And I think that's what he's getting. You know, that's what that's what he's getting right now out of these guys. And as long as those guys keep working, I'm pretty sure the product on the field is going to show. I mean, this guy has been on the staff with Nick Saban, you know, the GOAT himself. You know, uh, that if that's not enough championship branding for you, then I don't know. But this guy <laughs> was able to develop. He was able to develop receivers uh, during his time at Bama. No so I'm pretty sure he knows what he wants, you know, in those guys, especially at that position and at the quarterback positions, you know. So, you know, he knows what he's looking for. Like I said, he's got a plan. 
Um, you know, the ad, the admin, you know, between Scott Strickland and those guys, I mean, he's like, there's certain things that he's asking for and he's getting it now. You know what I mean? He's putting, mm -hmm. he's putting money into that place, the new facilities. Listen, we're going to be able to recruit with the best of them now. You know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. uh, it's, it's just like, we have things now that we can really match against the, you know, the Tennessee's, the Georgia's, the Alabama's, you know, all those places that have all those other amenities that Florida once didn't have. Sure. And now they have it now. You know, they have the football standalone facility that'll be open, I think, what, in like a week or so? Yeah. A yep. week to like two weeks, man. I mean, like, there's just a lot of excitement brewing, man. And, uh, you know, at the, at, at FNL, that was some of the most talent I had seen. Um, some of my players that played with me during 707, you know, Jalen Hayward, uh, Juan Burchill, Ethan Pritchard. These are guys that, man, Florida was looking at. Ethan Pritchard had received an offer, you know, off of what he was doing at uh, FNL. It's a 2025 linebacker out of Seminole High School, you know. Mm. Um, and Jalen Hayward, another guy out of Rockledge, you know, safety, like number three safety in the country. Yeah, big time you know? player. It, yeah, big time player, man. So, I mean, there were a lot of elite caliber kids out there. And, you know, they were out there performing and they put it on on Friday Night Lights, man. And it was it was it was a good deal, man. It was like I said, the energy was there, just the vibe and the aura with the people. Like I said, the staff, they were going around, dapping up everybody, talking to everybody like they didn't hold back. It didn't matter who was out there. If you were in attendance and you showed support, they were around trying to talk to you. You know, they're, they're approachable mm -hmm. people. Um, Guys like and I want to I want to touch I want to touch on the approachable part, because I know that you you visit a lot of colleges man you take kids all over the country for visits yes, um you go to camps you interact with so many college coaches including coaches uh, from previous regimes here at florida what is mm -hmm. it about these current coaches that just make them different uh from the typical interactions that you have at colleges and, and the fact that uh, you know they are approachable that they are accessible and um, you know, you can walk up and to talk to them without feeling like you got to ask for permission. I mean, they're people. They're, it seems that they're, they're people guys, man. I mean, which is good. You know, they're people pleasers, um, which is cool. Uh, I, you know, like I said, I mean, it was just easy to engage in conversations with those guys. You know, uh, like I said, I mean, I know I, I took a picture with uh, Billy Napier, man. But like I said, just the fact that he even, you know, was striking up a conversation with me. He didn't have to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But just the fact that he like he was doing it. And I'm just like, cool, man. Like, this is like, never really had anybody just like a head coach just want to talk and have a conversation. Most of them are ready to walk away and go, you know, do whatever they're doing and, you know, and kind of either. Just a, give you like a high and buy. Yeah, like a high and buy type of dude, man. He sat there and was sitting there talking to me. You know what I mean? And, you know, you would have felt, I'd have felt like I'd known him forever. He's just sitting there having a conversation with me. You know, talking about his plan. And that's how I know he's excited about the job because, you know, he, he stresses about his plan and, you know, he's emphasizing it. And when he talks, you just hear the confidence roll, the confidence roll off of his tongue. You know, and it's just, yeah. you know, like I said, I got guys like Vernell Brown who are in, who are in that building, director of player person, uh, player development. And I mean, VB's always treated me like family. You know what I mean? He's always treated me good. And I mean, he's just a guy that I love to engage in conversations with. You know, Jamar Chaney's another guy. You know, like those those two guys, man, they're in that building. I mean, you got two good guys in there that are going to help your recruitment. You know, P. Tony, like you didn't have to engage in conversations, you know, in the way that you do. Yeah, I'm Jordan's position coach, but, you know, so what? You know, I mean, 
it's just one of those deals where, you know, you're giving me the conversation that, you know, sometimes you really want in a coach, you know, answering questions that you probably don't have to answer, you know, and mm. just things like that go a long way. I mean, I walked into the breakfast uh, during the barbecue because they had like a player breakfast in the morning. Katie Turner knew my name. I was like, huh? I was like, oh, how you doing? <laughs> you know, so, you know, <laughs> yeah. and just the fact that, you know, she was able to even share a conversation with me too. You know, I mean, it just speaks volume about what's going on out there. You know, there is a lot of positive things going on. Their attitudes are all positive and they're all going in the right direction. Like they're not being like jerks about anything. Everything is, you know, they just got to, they do everything with a smile on their face. And I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's one thing to say, whenever you can do your job with a smile on your face, you know, you love it. You know, you're trying to do the best that you can do, you know, and uh, I think that just speaks volume about what they got going on out there, man. And uh, Chris, we really appreciate the time today uh, to wrap it up. Uh, just kind of to, to bring everything and encapsulate it all together. Just this past week um, for you to, be able to experience what you did at Florida and then also have two guys that you've put in work with and that you've coached make these decisions within a day of each other. Um, <laughs> you know, what's that, what's that just, what's that whole weekend like for you, man? I mean, you've had other players that have, that have gone to play for Florida too, but uh, I have to imagine this past week was pretty special. No, it was, man. I mean, it was fun, man. You know, anytime you get to see a kid live out their dream, you know, going to the next level, playing to the next level, you see, you see those kids, you know, you know, garnish the fruits of their labor. You know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, that's something to be said. It always makes me happy, uh, especially like with Jordan and Aiden. The guys give me everything they got. You know, they compete. They come with me on the road. We drive far places and do all this other craziness, you know. And, you know, for them guys that kind of devote their time to what I got going on and, you know, it's just it's a special moment when those guys are going to be playing together. They're from the same city. You know what I mean? And it's just – it's, it's just sometimes it's a surreal moment, but I'm like, I mean, it just makes you smile. You know, it's real cool. Like even Jakeem Jackson, I lined up against him twice last year for Kasimi Osceola. You know, yeah. I mean, that kid. What you think about him? With, man, listen, potential is through the roof, coach. <laughs> his, potential <laughs> is, his potential is through the roof, man. I mean, listen, they got they got they got they got three good guys, man, on back to back to back days. And I think that's, you know, that's really exciting. You know, they're really putting their fence around these areas and it's special and it's real mm -hmm. special to see. Um, and it's not like they're getting just regular guys. They're getting elite caliber kids, you know, mm -hmm. that's from that's, the state of elite, Florida, from the state of Florida. But you know what? On top of them guys being elite caliber with their athleticism, they're all great kids. They're all great kids. Like these are good attitudes, hardworking kids that come from good families. You know what I mean? So, you know, th these are things that, you know, they're doing their homework on these evals, man. Like mm -hmm. I'm telling you, they're doing their homework. They're getting the kids that they need in that building that would run through a brick wall and do everything in the right light. And I think that's like I said, they're doing their homework. Their evaluate their evaluations aren't gonna miss. These kids are gonna make Gator Nation proud. Yeah. For example, coming to do uh extra workouts on campus when you're a you know top 100 prospect don't have to do that but you want don't guys like that it. in your locker room exactly man exactly i mean he's not scared well, to compete man so well listen we we wanted a guy like you on this show man we, we knew we couldn't find a better guest to uh, talk about these uh recent commitments but also friday night lights uh than you chris so we really appreciate the time uh and best of luck this season man football's back
Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. Exciting times right now, man. Exciting times. I appreciate you having me on, Zach, man. I know we known each other for a minute now. You know, it's, it's, finally, it's finally good to get on get on the show with you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I'm uh, I'm excited to have you on, and uh, definitely excited for all the things that you that you have going on, man. So, congratulations on all the success, uh, and especially with your new seven on seven team. And we'll definitely be catching up with you down the road, bud. Yes, sir, man. Y'all give me a follow, man, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know, 24K organization. Uh, you can look us up on Twitter and Instagram, man. We're there. Uh, on Instagram, we got a bunch of footage for people to like, man. A lot of content on there, videos and whatnot, man. We got a lot of stuff on there. It's good. Good stuff going on, man. Definitely encourage you guys to uh, definitely check all that out. We're going to jump to this final break. We'll come back on the other side and wrap up the Gators Online podcast here from Spurs Gridiron Grill. Hi, Steve Spurrier here. You know, making a reservation at my restaurant is easier than a Saturday afternoon homecoming game against Vandy. You don't have to call or email. Just go to Spurriers.com, hit the reservation button, pick a date, number of guests, and a time. It's so simple, I can do it. In fact, I just did. Maybe I'll see you tonight. Welcome back into the Gators Online Podcast. Appreciate Chris for joining us in the last segment to talk about some of Florida's new commits and give his impressions on this new staff as well. Uh, man, Gators had a hot finish to the summer on the recruiting trail. Uh, Ten total commitments um, dating all the way back to uh, late June. And for them really to then come into the month of uh, July and have two weeks in that month where they landed four commitments in one week. Um, just a really, really impressive haul. He mentioned, obviously, some of those guys that committed last week. Chris did. Uh, I, th I think maybe the maybe the most surprising decision, one that was not scheduled or planned, was the Gators getting Andy Jean, um, the four-star wide receiver from Miami, who is um, criminally underrated by some of the recruiting services. On three has him ranked uh, higher than most, but um, – a really big-time talent out of the 305. And you look at Florida's class right now, kind of um, where they've kind of set themselves up heading into the fall, um, right outside the top 10. They have a lot of their position needs met um, and still a lot of big fish out there that they have to be able to go um, and try to recruit and add to this 2023 class. You know, another guy that's getting ready to make a decision here um, in the next week or so is um, – Top 100 defensive lineman, uh, Kelby Collins. He's going to be announcing his decision on August 13th. Uh, it's looking like that is going to be an Alabama and Florida battle. He is from the state of Alabama, so the Gators are trying to, to beat out the in-state Crimson Tide to land his pledge. Um, if F Florida pulls that off, um, that's, that's going to be huge. And if they get that commitment um, – there's really no telling where this class could finish. They've already gotten one surprise in, in TJ Searcy, and they got a couple surprises in the last class, you know, Kamari Wilson um, and Shamar James. Still haven't played a game yet. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know where this class could go in terms of how much momentum that it could pick up and how that might change the mind of some guys that maybe now or maybe earlier in the summer – folks didn't view as as a you know a realistic landing spot you know for Florida and, and now that could change here um, especially now that the Gators continue to add more pieces to this class and and, and frankly have recruits that can recruit other recruits um, 
and, and, and just have guys now that are also selling the program in addition to all the coaches and staff members. So um, a lot happening on that front um, and also a lot happening uh, for the Gators in terms of the indoor uh, practice facility. Uh, it was revealed by Florida coach Billy Napier this week that the Gators have a new move-in date. Uh, they will be moving in this month, and the date right now that they're scheduled to be in there for is August 14th. That is the date that they will start moving into the James uh, W. Bill Hevener Football Training Center, a brand-new state-of-the-art $85 million uh, standalone facility. Uh, the Gators have been you know, working on it for more than two years and uh, going to get in there right before the start of football season, and it's just going to take, I think, this program and everything that they're doing uh, to another level. And we, we heard from Mark Hockey this week about the impact that he feels like it's going to make, certainly on his training regimen and all the things that they're going to have with the new weight room, but just in general uh, for the football team, obviously the benefits for all the student athletes with the dining halls, um, but it is now about to become a reality for UF athletics. So that's definitely really exciting. Uh, we will have a lot of coverage at Gators Online leading up to the grand opening of this new football complex. So make sure that you guys stay tuned for all the nuggets and, and, and some of the uh, you know tours, I think, potentially that, that are going to be coming. I would imagine that they're going to have one for the media. So we will definitely be in attendance for that. Um, and now as the Gators get into fall camp now, they'll put on the pads in a, in a few days. Um, and, and I think as we you know look at this team and some of the things that we want to monitor, obviously Anthony Richardson um, has a stranglehold on the starting job, but you know him just making sure and getting all his ducks in a row so that he's got this playbook down. He's really ready for week one against Utah because that is going to be a very tough test. And we're going to find out pretty early on um, where this offense stands, where Richardson's at in, in his development and just progression as a quarterback. Um, I mean, two tests really right out uh, of the gate uh, to start the season. I think you look at uh, identifying really who are going to be some of their top playmakers. They got a lot of options um, in terms of some of their skill positions, but figuring out the running back rotation, um, working Naquan right back into that, and then kind of figuring out the pecking order there, figuring out how that tight end rotation is going to work. Um, really now shuffling the deck a little bit at receiver with Ricky Pearsall now stepping in, potentially starting in the slot. Um, what type of domino effect does that have on some of the other guys that were projected uh, to, to get some playing time in the starting lineup? I wouldn't be surprised to see Whittemore move around, maybe get some more looks on the outside. Um, so that's going to be intriguing to see how that, that, that plays out. And then obviously on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, that competition in the secondary and kind of settling on, you know, the other starter at cornerback, the starter uh, that the Gators will have at nickel. Um, and then some big news today that broke as I was recording my first segment and talking about the defensive line position, um, but that is that Chris Thomas Jr., uh, defensive tackle for the Gators has been added to the roster. Uh, he was no longer a member of the team, was basically cut in the summer along with a couple other players, um, but he has done uh, the work that he needed to do to get another opportunity to rejoin the team, and he's done that. Um, he was added back to the roster on Thursday morning. He will be at practice on Thursday evening and gives the Gators 
another body at defensive tackle and some much needed depth at that position, especially um, with you know Desmond Watson potentially not being ready to contribute as much as some would have hoped that he would be at the start of fall. So um, I think adding Thomas back there to create some more competition and just to give the Gators some more depth is going to be huge for their defensive tackle rotation. So we'll kind of monitor how that plays out over the next week. Uh, Nick and I will be back in studio together next week. We will be joined by Florida Gators quarterback Shane Matthews to get his thoughts on the 2022 football team, some of his impressions from what he's seen at practice, um, and, and get you guys ready as we inch closer to the 2022 kickoff against Utah in the Swamp, a night game right here in Gainesville, Florida. So we're looking forward to it. And also next week, there will be dinner at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill as they celebrate the one-year anniversary. So make sure that you guys, if you haven't already, grab your tickets for that. I will be on hand for this event. Uh, and definitely congratulations to the HBC for all they've accomplished here in year one. That'll do it for this week's episode of the Gators Online Podcast. Appreciate Chris Mitchell for joining me this week to talk about a pair of Florida's latest commits and his impressions of this new coaching staff as well. We'll be back next week with Nick Del Torre. See you guys then.